Welcome to Just Three Guys. I'm your host, AJ, joined by Thomas and Q. We have a great show for you today. We have some big games to recap this weekend, including the AFC and NFC championship games and the Poirier fight, which we'll get to that towards the end of the show. Uh, First, we're going to start off with a discussion. Um, This is something new that we're going to try out, given that we're not going to have any football games after uh, two weeks. So we want to have some nice discussions that uh, may interest some people, maybe more intricate, um, maybe more basic. Um, We're going to start off the first discussion today with, would you let your kids play football? Um, I'm going to start the floor off to Q. Q, would you let your kid play football? Tackle football, that is. Um, that's a that's a tough question because I'm studying in the medical field, so knowing what I know about concussions, <clears throat> um, it's it's nothing to play with. Like the the side effects of CTE are are no joke. But at the same time, I feel like if my son or daughter loves the game that much, you know, I, why not let them play? But they definitely have to wait until they're 13, 12 or 13, for the brain to at least somewhat be fully developed. But, yeah, it, it just depends. For me, it's situational. So it's something that I kind of thought of, there's nothing wrong with your kid playing flag football. I know that's something that can be um, – to the, the football hardos, that could be frowned upon. Like, why would you let your kid play flag football? Yeah. They're not going to learn anything. But really – it's still a good way to learn the basics of the game. You know, you're not going to learn, like, the form of tackling or blocking, things like that. But you're actually going to learn, you know, the, you're going to learn the penalties. You're going to learn exactly, you know, what kind of place to run on offense. Same thing for defense. Coaching aspects, all that stuff. You can learn all of that up to, and I agree with you, not letting your kid play until you're, like, you know, what, 13 or 14 years old because it's giving them more time to develop. When, by the time they get to that age, they're going to have a really good background of understanding the game. They're not just going to be thrown into uh, thrown into really just not knowing anything when they step on the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have any issue with, you know, my kid playing football. Um, like you said, obviously, you kind of want their brain to be developed a little bit more and before they start taking – you know, those headshots are trauma, like you said. But at the same time, you know, they're, they are doing their best to at least try to, you know, teach people how to tackle the right way and, you know, not just missile launching themselves like we've seen right. people do in the past. And, right. you know, but, yeah, like you said, it's it's just a matter of, you know, learning learning the right way to do things. If, if you can assure that it's going to be done the right way, I think they'll be I, – I don't have any issue with it, but – I wouldn't want my kid out there, you know, just pulling a Scooby right and hands down at the side and jumping at somebody. But but knowing you, you know, you're a, a lover of mixed martial arts and stuff like that. Would you let your kid fight? Because it's the same thing. Dealing with trauma to the head, taking hits. Would you, if your your son or daughter came was like, Dad, I want to I wanna do kickboxing at what eight nine years old would you let him do it um like to train like it, in a yeah. fight like but like if they were to actually go out like in a fight like like so 
like if karate like when you go for your next belt and whatnot they were to make you fight somebody like i don't know if i would be cool with that at that young of an age obviously there comes a point where you know they're old enough to make their own decisions at that point but um i don't know if i would be cool with like kickboxing fighting at that age obviously if they're just hitting a bag it's different i'd be cool yeah. with it but I, that young i probably wouldn't let it happen just because that's like head trauma super super early i would probably like jujitsu or something like that i think would be fine for younger kids because they're not getting hit in the head yeah because I'm, I'm just thinking about mm -hmm. you know you know all the great boxers we know like tank and deontay mm -hmm. wilder floyd yeah. and people that have been boxing since they was six seven eight years old exactly you know like <clears throat> and it's i'm glad information about concussions are finally coming out because i no disrespect to our parents but i i don't think they they knew about the severity of concussions like i love my mama to death but i don't think she knew about concussions when we was out there playing football and even right. if she did i don't I don't think she would have stopped this because we love the game, but yeah, I don't I, think they knew the the severity of it. Yeah, like, like I was watching like the later in life things. Yeah, I was watching a movie and a coach for like a, a youth team. You know, he he was an older man. He was at least in his fifties, and he just said, "I didn't know the severity of concussions until last year when they made him do the the little, uh, concussion protocol test that we had to take." Me and you, Thomas. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. It's just things like that, like the information is finally coming up. And I, also from my movie, I seen how back in the day when the um, commissioner before Goodell was there, I forgot his name, I think it started with T or something, and how he wrote a book or something like that on how football doesn't give people CTE and make them depressed and all this stuff like that. And it's... And science is proving that it does. And so I think yeah. the NFL, Goodell definitely did a better job of trying to make the game safer because he got called out about it. Mm -hmm. But at least he's trying to do something compared to the, the previous commissioner. Yeah. Especially with the that movie that came out with, uh, what's his name? Was it Will, Will Smith, Smith in it? Oh, concussion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Actually, I don't know why I didn't remember that. But, um, <laughs> Goodell had a lot of stuff fire on his back because that movie came out while he was commissioner. So, yeah, like you said, you know the the information getting out and all like the the long term effects of of like the repeated head trauma. You know he he was put in a corner. He didn't have a choice but to but to clean it up. And you know a lot of people like our parents, the older generations and stuff like that. You know that's part of the reason why they say football soft now. Yeah. AJ, you but, know, AJ, you from the South, so how many times did you see, you know, kids about six, seven, you know, little body, little neck, that big old ass helmet on? Like, how, <laughs> like, how I was like, that kid, bro? <laughs> like, so you experienced it and you, you seen it. So, you know, is yeah. it, is it different? Do you sense like a different climate for football down there compared to up here and the more north you go or? I mean, down there, football's everything, you know. Um, you're not someone unless you play football or baseball. <laughs> so, really, and, I mean, that's how it was when I was a kid growing up down there, was you're playing one of those two. Um, as far as football goes, when I played, just in 
I didn't play rec football until I was, gosh, I think I was eight or nine years old when I first started. And then I stopped, kept on with baseball, went back to football um, when I was about 11 and 12. And I played two years. And the biggest thing that I noticed was the the stress and the practice on the kids alone was something that I've never been through, especially, you know, when we didn't do stuff like that in baseball, as far as, you know, the heavy conditioning, you know, we would condition like we were a middle school, high school football team. (laughs) And then, you know, as far as what's happening on the field during games, I've seen some crazy shit. (laughs) I've seen a kid get his arm broken, Mm. just being tackled and then the game stopped for almost an hour because they had to wait for a paramedic or a, a uh, ambulance ambulance to come. Right. And where we were, the closest hospital is damn near an hour away. So you got a kid on the sideline whose arm is like out of its socket and shit. And <laughs> ambulance has taken its sweet ass time to get there. But I mean, I've seen a lot of kids get messed up just from watching on, even on the sidelines, I've seen it happen on the field. And you don't really think about it. They just, you know, look like they're in a daze. And all you think is like, damn, they got hit pretty hard. Uh, they'll come back to it in like an hour or something. They'll be fine. Because then when you're playing, you're not thinking of concussion. You're not thinking yeah. of getting hurt. You just want to just want to have fun. And as an adult now, knowing after all the research has been done, it's completely changed in terms of, child safety you know you're seeing the equipment get more um advanced more advanced right uh you're seeing a lot of safety measures as far as the rules you know targeting and stuff like that um i think plays a huge factor i think i don't i don't is targeting with like peewee football now oh i don't i have no clue can they even you can't leave it have to be spot on yeah you the ref has to see it and Right, you you can see that that big ass helmet <laughs> on those little kids if that that yeah, hits yeah. you know, but just just to feed off what you were saying you know same I was one of those kids that was out there practicing rec ball, contact practices four times a week, doing bullet the ring and like all this all this stuff. Yeah, I remember. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, I remember throwing up at the practices. You know, head feeling light, crying. We you would know. we would do the. We would do the Oklahomas. We would do the bull in the rings, like everything. And I remember, I remember we were all pretty normal sized kids, but we had this one dude on our team. His name was Charles, and he was just one of the bigger guys. And like he was the prototype on our <laughs> team. Like you, everyone thought like this dude's gonna go pro. And I remember we would do bull in the ring, and. Of course, he would be the one in the middle, and this dude was just pile driving dudes into the ground. <laughs> and where we practiced, we didn't practice on an actual football field like yeah, it was where just it was dirt. at least grass or anything. <laughs> we pra- we practiced behind the baseball fields, and all the grass and everything was torn up from practicing football there for so long. So it's just co- like concrete and dirt because yeah. the dirt up here, it's dirt. Down there, it's clay. Oh, and clay yeah. literally feels like concrete, and you're just getting slammed <laughs> into this. Every like, if someone was got called into the ring, and they knew Charles is in the middle of that ring, 
they're fucking scary. I was terrified. <laughs> like, I never, when I was a kid, I never learned how to tackle properly or anything like that. I always played baseball. I had some buddies that were like, dude, join the rec football team. So I was like, sure. I joined, like, <laughs> I joined because all I did was play, like, street football. And I played football in the yard where we didn't know how to tackle. We're just playing, like, 4v4, throwing the ball, scoring touchdowns constantly, all that shit. I get thrown on the line, and I get thrown into the ground. I probably felt the earth's crust when I – they put me on offensive line, and I was a skinny-ass kid, man. And I had no cl- I had no clue how to tackle. I remember when I was going out there, I went to go ta- – or no, they had us doing like running back drills, uh-huh. and I went to go like run through someone, and I just tried jumping over them, and I got flipped. Yeah. Like, it's just – Stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I'll say, yeah, I know yeah, even, that... even me now, I don't. I still don't know how to tackle, right? Like, <laughs> like, we, even, like, all those times when we used to play on Saturdays out at the school and stuff like that, uh-huh. bro, I told, I would tell everybody, I'm like, look, I'm going to let you know now. If they come towards me, odds are I'm not making the tackle. I'm just going to put my shoulder down and hope to God that I hit them hard enough. <laughs> all because I, I never learned how to tackle. Hurt. Not huh? getting hurt so I could play in gym the next day. <laughs> yeah. That's all I cared about. <laughs> Yeah, so, but I, you know. I I just want to think about how you know the one of the faces of the the NFL just just got a concussion and stuff like that, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up. Just it's it, it happens to it can happen to anyone and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but, um, and C T E is something that and forgive me if I'm wrong. This is something that they can't diagnose until after you're dead, right? They have I mean, to do the research on your brain. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they have to research it once you're passed away. But they can, you can kind of see like the early signs of C T E. Well, now they've identified like what the symptoms and everything. Yeah, are, so kinda, they can right try to catch it, yeah. but you can't actually like determine. I believe you can't determine how bad it actually is until yeah, they 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 until try they to do it. Look at a... your brain and like see your lobes and stuff like that in your brain. Yeah, until you're dead. Yeah, because they tried to do it through a MRI. Yeah, stuff like, like that. Who was it? Um, I yeah, think you, you were telling me. You pretty much have to be dead so they can cut open your brain, stuff like that. I think I think oh, but, um, Q was telling me not too Junior long Seau? ago that when Junior Seau um passed away, yeah, yeah, and he what would you say? He shot himself in the chest, right? So he, so he could um, donate his brain. Yeah, that's that's the researched. theory that was going around that he shot him. Yeah, to the brain bank, because he he knew. I think he knew. You know, he was messed up because walking watching his documentary and seeing how great of a guy he was, and you know, the blows to the head just kept getting worse and worse, and it came to a point where he he tried to kill himself one time before. He tried to drive off a cliff. Stuff like that and survive. So, and you know, I think it, I think it was a little too uh, um, too late for him to get help. Um, but yeah, that's that was the theory going around that Junior Seau shot himself in the chest so he can donate his brain. But um, yeah, it's that's that's it's a tough one, man. Because you know, yeah, athletes. Athletes at the higher level, you know, they play football. You hear them say to help their family out and make it out the hood and things like that. And 
hearing athletes saying, you know, I don't know if I'll let my kid play football. You know, they say, I endured this pain, so you won't have to go through it. But you look at all the, some of the great athletes that kids play football, like Chad Johnson's sons at Arizona State. Um, Emmett Smith's son plays. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of countless. Barry Marvin Sanders' son. at Ohio State now, right? Oh, uh, yeah, he should be getting ready to go there. I mean, it's a uh, Anthony Winfield. Be there. Yeah. His, uh, his son plays for the Bucks. Like yeah, DK yeah, Metcalf. That yeah, it's a it's a it's countless. But you countless see, it's all. Of, but all these people we're naming are people who are like, around our age. So their parents are thinking like. How our parents were thinking. It's not the same as like you're getting. When you get these guys in the NFL now saying like I don't know if I let my kids play, these are the guys who are around who are around our age now in the NFL yeah. saying they don't think they'll let their kids play. Right. And obviously, you know, concussions unfortunately are gonna be a thing that it's gonna happen. It's just, you know, you have to do whatever you can to at least lower it or you know, 'cause you'll never be able to fully get out of the game. You can make a perfectly good tackle and they could just whiplash and hit their head on the ground and you know, catch a yeah. concussion. So it's just an unfortunate thing. Yeah, no matter – I think no matter what contact sport you play, you'll get a concussion. When It's either boxing, wrestling, soccer, hockey, lacrosse. Like, you, you're bound to get one. Yeah. Especially in football, you're moving – you're trying to move at your high speed against someone that's going their high speed and you're trying to stop them or speed. run them over. And, like, the brain, we don't have a, a protective coating over the brain. Like, it's it's going to rattle. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to hit your head. Like, off impact, your brain is going to shake. So, it's, yeah. it's, no, yeah, it's no telling how many concussions people had and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely a concern. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I, so, as 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 far as an agreeance as this discussion goes, what are our stances here? Because mine is I would let my kid play flag football, and then his decision by the time he is of age, you know, and I consider of age probably between 14 and 15 years old, at least when they're middle school, yeah. to decide if they want to play football. But they can play flag when they're, you know, younger. That's where, that's where my stance is. Yeah I, can, yeah, I can get behind that, you know. That way they can at least try it out, see if they enjoy it, you know, at yeah. least learn the game itself. Um, but like you said, you know, if they don't want to play tackle football, I, I wouldn't force them to to play it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same boat. If my my kid wants to play tackle at six, seven years old, hey, good luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> you You want to do it. I'm, I'm a do definitely they do you type know, of football that young now. Oh, a hundred percent. They don't care. Oh. Yeah, I'm. I'm a definitely tell them. Yeah, you know, they, they I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to feed. You know, my kids the knowledge of what can happen and stuff like that. But knowing kids is gonna go <laughs> through one ear and out the other. They're not gonna care if yeah. they friends playing ball. Yeah. They gonna want to play ball too. They, so exactly. Yeah. That peer yeah. pressure, man. Yeah. So. Everyone fiends into it. Um, let's go ahead and get into the 
AFC and NFC championship games. First off, the Packin Packineers, Jesus Christ, Ooh. the Packers <laughs> and the Bucks. Uh, it was what? Brady. It was okay. Brady versus Rodgers, right? Before you even get to it, oh shit! Let's yes. just start with the end of the game. What was bigger, out of the three things, the holding call? Rodgers not running it in for the touchdown, or the Packers not going for it on fourth down. Packers not going for it on fourth down. Rodgers not running it in. Daquan, good. Thank you. Yeah, bro. Well, we could have ran that. I say in. that is because I I looked at more videos and stuff today, and it really seemed like that Rodgers. Now, from the angle of where we were watching the game from the broadcast, it looked like Rodgers had a shitload of room, and he might have, but. There was another angle that was being shown from the end zone, and I think those defensive backs could have got to him a lot quicker too. Okay, even if they did, how many yards could he have picked up before he got tackled? A lot. Aaron Rodgers is – At least is, six or seven. Aaron Rodgers is, is, so is low-key fast. Was it, not a, <laughs> was it fourth and goal or was it third and goal? Third and goal. So you think it could have been third and goal at the two-yard line or it was fourth and ten. Yeah. Fourth yeah. and goal from the ten basically, you know. Yeah, and I, then I think they it's turned right around and kicked the field goal. Yeah, I, th I think it's time to stop the the, the Rodgers Brady comparisons. Um, no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, but Brady's in his in a in a class by himself. You, it's it's Brady. Let's not hate on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers I'm not, played a better game than Brady. I, I'm not he hating did, on him. I mean, even then, Brady, some of them interceptions won't even his fault. Weren't his fault. One of them they was definitely yeah. his fault. The the last one he, he threw where he just launched it because he wasn't going to get hit. I can understand that, but Mike yeah, Evans that was almost that was almost a great pass to Mike Evans. That was yeah, but Mike, Mike Evans, Evans dropping passes over the middle of, over the middle of the field. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, so. but at the same time, you know, there there's a lot of stuff going on where like I see a lot of people online blaming like oh the refs cheated for the pack or for the pay. Buccaneers because Brady's there. The refs, the rest, bro. That was one of the best officiated games I've watched all year. They literally let, they, they let, they let, they play let the him whole play, game. but they called that was. I mean, that was a penalty. I agree. You could clearly see he grabbed the his undershirt jersey or whatever. So, bro, I, I told my friend at work, I was like, if he would have just grabbed the hip, they probably would have let it go. Probably. But when you look at the the video they had, that man's undershirt was stretched out like two feet. <laughs> I don't think it would have mattered anyways. I feel like the Bucks still would have gotten that first down. And well, no, because that would have made it fourth down. That play happened on third down. But yeah, at the same time, go ahead. I was going to say, um, we we got to talk about the whole game. I mean, I get it. It's, it's four quarters playing a football game. But yeah, the Bucks defensive line was all over Rodgers. Like, can we talk about how bad yep. Green Bay offensive line Full played? Defense. Like whole the whole defense played great. Yeah, that, JPP was snapping. I mean, Shaq Barrett their defense. Shaq Barrett something like I've never seen them play like this year. I guess it was the adrenaline of playing in a conference championship game. But well, their defense played I mean, good both all three all three playoff games so far. Yeah, they they were all over the ball. They were all and, over Rogers. Yeah, um, and I mean, then, only let's let's act like let's not act like the. That's not like the Packers. <laughs> the first time they played, the Packers only scored ten points. Like, I I wasn't shocked that the yeah. defense was yeah. well, even, stomping even them. Even this time around. All right. 
like yeah, the fourth quarter like, alone, what was it? The Packers had back-to-back drives with a with an interception on defense, and the offense couldn't do anything with the ball for them. Yeah. So, you know, who, nothing. Ultimate, ultimate, honestly, I'm gonna play. Some, yeah, I'm gonna. I think the the defense didn't help in the first half, but ultimately, when the defense got the stops that nah. they needed to, they didn't. The offense couldn't do anything for them. So, exactly. You know it, what they say: you, you give your offense you extra possessions to win a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I gotta put most of the blame on, on Green Bay, I mean, bro. That's all I can do is agree. You, you get three turnovers from. You get three turnovers from Tom Brady. You telling me, Tom Brady turns the ball over three times, and you you can't capitalize on. Capitalize on that. They only got six. Like, and your quarterback only threw one six pick, and it was an early seven. pick too. Yeah, it was an early pick. Rogers threw a pick, so yeah. It's I, I got to blame the offense, bro. You got to generate some type of points. You have extra possessions. You have to do something with it, other than field goals and punts. The fact that it was a, I mean. They should have won the game based off of that, but the fact that it was still a one-possession game, they could have won by two or three based on those mistakes. Yeah, I'm sure you don't think the Saints are sitting at home right now thinking, like, dang, we wish Brady would have had three turnovers against us. Play better defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play better defense. That shit is so, nuts, bro. Um, <laughs> Brady back into the Super Bowl with the Bucks. He did it twice. Well, I say twice. He did it both in the AFC. Now he did it in the NFC. He's just showing that he can, he can do it on any team. It doesn't matter. Bro, he's... I think the Bucks are already pretty primed for a Super Bowl run. They just needed a quarterback, and of course, Brady is the perfect fit. Yeah, he's but yeah, he's the goat for a reason. When it comes when it comes to that man's the the ultimate winner on the football. I love field. the I love the remake. Of the uh, the AFC Championship yeah. video that he did with Gronk right before they went to Super Bowl Fifty Three, that broke my heart. When they were uh, they were walking out and they were like head bobbing, and they did the same thing for uh, the video for this year. I thought that was that was pretty neat. It was like a little little comeback story with them. It it <laughs> broke my heart as a Patriots fan to see that happen. Shut up, man. You got, what, six Super Bowls? Seven? Yeah. But still, you know. It it sucks. It sucks seeing Brady. Brady is the only quarter, realistically the only quarterback I've known on the Patriots. So, so my question is. To end the marriage of of Harmony and go somewhere else, I was like, like, I'm still rooting for him. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I've been yeah. rooting for him all season. So my question is, is Aaron Rodgers overrated? No, I don't. I don't think he's overrated. Do Do you think? Yeah, I w- I wouldn't you think say he he's gets overrated. too much credit for so little that he's accomplished. No, no, I wouldn't say that he gets too much credit. Obviously, he's got you know fantastic stats and whatnot. It just you know, is this going to be his second or third MVP. This would be his. Yeah, I think it's third, third. I think. But you know, you look at some of the teams that he ran into in the in the playoffs. 
or the, even the NFC Championship over those times. Like, you know, he ran into the Bucks, who were hot. He ran into the Seahawks that year, who got hot. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. So I, I wouldn't say he's... I wouldn't say it's overrated. I think I think underwhelming would be no, a better they, they word lost for the Super Bowl it. The yard that year. Yeah. Oh, was it? So, well, they still okay. So they lost a team that made it to the Super Bowl. So, overwhelming, no, underwhelming, yes. I think it's hard to call a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Also, a hall actually not Super Bowl winning, a Hall of Fame quarterback overrated. I mean, he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I can't use that as my argument because Joe Flacco oh, is a Super yeah. Bowl winning quarterback. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but also you look at—he hasn't really had the greatest teams built around him. This is one of the better teams that he's ever had in his career. I mean, he's—he's he's never really had like a stout defense, minus the one year. Like, the, really, the only defense he had was the year they played Pittsburgh yeah. in the Super Bowl. What was that? B.J. Raji. Clay like Matthews, Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson. Williams, all yeah. the dudes. Um, I mean, he's kind of always had, like, at least on offense, he's always had, you know, one good. one or two good really receivers. Really good receiver. Yeah. Right. Like, he, like he ran into – he had uh, Greg Jennings for a while, and then he, he got Jordy Nelson and Randall yeah. Cobb, and they were good. And then, you know, he ran to Devontae Adams. So, I think it's more so – the defense, like I seen a a stat where they said in like eight of Rogers' playoff games, the defense has allowed thirty five or more points. Mm. And you know, you're in the NFL. If you're if your offense is scoring thirty points in a game, you expect to win that game. Yeah. Right. So. I know they hold. But no, to answer your question, I I definitely don't think he's overrated. Not a chance. Yeah, overrated. Um, now, is Josh Allen overrated? Nah. No. He's too young. Yeah, He's too young. He, he doesn't have the resume yet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was just yeah. to get into uh, the Chiefs' bills. Um, <laughs> I, I hated it was the way that it was, to be honest. I was kinda... it, it felt like it was going to be kind of a close game because McCole Hartman made that uh, mistake for the Chiefs to start off, and then the Bills got a couple stops. But then the Chiefs just flipped a switch and turned. It was like when McCole Harmon uh, muffed that punt. It's like they just it flipped a the fire. switch for them. And they just started hitting on all cylinders. And McCole Harmon himself just turned his game around. Yeah, to, to me, it went, uh, it went as expected. You know, um, you can only stop their offense so many times before they, they find holes in your defense and they start exploding it. Exposing it, excuse me. Yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill, you, you can't stop him. You, there's, there's no way you can stop someone that fast and pads that knows how to run routes. Unless you triple team him, but that's going to expose your whole defense. But Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the game right now. Like, they, they didn't even Right they now, yeah, start yeah, for like, sure. Maybe sure, not sure. even play. Um, Clyde didn't even play that much. Like... I guess Sammy Watkins didn't play, I don't believe. So, they're going to have rested players for the Super Bowl, which is smart. But, yeah, I the Bills, I don't know, man. It's, they had a great season, but they, like I said, I think, I want to say episode two or three, the, the Chiefs was just waiting to the playoffs. Like, you can just tell. A team that talented, 
playing that lackadaisical in the, the regular season, it always happens. Like, they're not motivated yet. Like, Let- going 16-0 and 0 doesn't motivate them once you win a Super Bowl, a championship, a Stanley Cup, any any championship, any sport. Like, coming in that next season, your mind is strictly on how do I two-peat not going 16-0. and 0. Like, that, that means nothing. Now, let me ask you, you know, because once teams start winning a lot, like championships, I mean, you get guys who really, you know, after a ring or two, you know, they start looking for like big paydays. Do you think that's going to be something that happens with the Chiefs or say their offensive coordinator leaves? Do you think there's going to be guys who want to leave with the offensive coordinator? Nah, because I believe they bought into Big Red. I mean, EB smart play caller all that stuff but at the end of the day that team that team's gonna ride for big red like eric reed has always been a player coach players always speak highly of eric reed yeah so i mean andy reed my bad i said eric reed i'm thinking of the safety andy <laughs> reed big <Eric> red <laughs> so yeah those players i believe those players will stay and they paid their their top players already chris jones got a good deal patrick mahomes we already know about his deal travis kelsey set so, they they're paying the people you know that core group. So, yeah. So I, I would say it's not like the big names I'm worried about. It's more of like the um, like the role players, like the guys who maybe aren't like the big names, like a Tyron Matthew, big names like that. But the guys who play a very like crucial role to the team, who mm-hmm. maybe feel like they're not gonna get, you know, might be looking at it as like. Well, dang, they're going to pay all these guys. They're not going to have the money to pay me. Yeah, I think once once you're in the NFL for a certain amount of time, I'd say about two years, three years, you start understanding it's a business. You start understanding yeah. those players, the Pat, the Tyreek Hills, Travis Kelsey's, they're going to get paid more than you because they're more valuable to the team than you. It's that simple. Once you get yeah. feelings out of football, it's a business. So you're going to be paid, you're going to get paid how they view you and what you can bring to the team. And it, it's, it sucks that NFL cap is going to go down probably because of the lack of revenue compared to, you know, when they have fans and all this stuff. So people, people pay yeah. is going to be a little short also. But, yeah, I think once you, you understand, like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to make Travis Kelsey money. I'm not going to make Chris Jones money. But I will be part of a winning organization that will probably go to plenty of Super Bowls in a foreseeable future. So, I feel like some dudes also, especially if they get to the Super Bowl and they they get the ring, they wouldn't have a problem leaving. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, especially if they can make money on another team. Because if you look at it, if they started on a Super Bowl roster and they have that under their resume for the rest of their life. At least in the NFL, or for their whole entire NFL career, that is something that they can kind of take with them. That could have a team be like, "This guy was on the Super Bowl winning team, and he started. He must be. He knows what it takes. Yeah, right. He's got to have some value to him, so he can go and chase the bag somewhere else. I mean, what, That's what I'm saying. When yeah. The last time you heard about go ahead. Um, Malcolm Smith. Oh. Uh, I mean, he I left have no the, clue. Was he on the Browns? 
But but that's my whole thing, you know. He he won his ring, and then he did he go to get a payday after after they won the yeah. ring. So that's that's what I'm getting at here is like you get ultimately the end goal for I'm assuming any person who plays a team sport is to mm -hmm. win a championship. Mm -hmm. You know, you win that championship. Say you win one or two championships, right? Say say the Chiefs win the championship this year. You you've reached the pinnacle. If you're, you know, a say you're a key piece on the team, but you're 28, 29 years old, and you have a chance for one last big payday. That's what I'm talking about. Is those type of guys leaving? Wait, like yeah. Tyron Matthew would probably be a good idea. He's got a chance for say they win this year. He's got a chance for one, one more like massive payday, especially the way that he's played. Wait, is it? He's already won two rings. Maybe I'm I'm just a, I'm just a big Go team ahead. player, but to me is that money worth going through seasons of just losing? Like, cause I don't see a unless I, it's some big name teams out there with some money. I mean, this already what his third team. Like he he's he's been around the league a little bit, so. Yeah, yeah, but he hasn't played as well as he played for the Chiefs as he no, did I'm for the saying, other though, teams. Imagine, you know, you yeah. on this great roster. You you win back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Say that happy. And then the Lions throw a bag at you. Like, why would you want to go there? Knowing... See, the team... The team knowing that that's a losing organization. Detroit would never make it to a Super Bowl. But money talks, I, I especially after you you've won. Money that, talks. But when you when you are a player, like you you don't want to go to a bad team, especially if you're used to winning. Like if you win a back to back Super Bowls, and then Detroit throw the bag at you, like I don't I don't see him going. If the Kansas City could damn near match the deal that he'll get, if Detroit or the Jets or the giant of some trash team, I think he'll stay with KC. Yeah, yeah. See, but that's taken into account that like, and I'm not. I'm just using Tyron Matthew as an example. I'm not saying he would be the type of player to do it, but that's also saying you know, say the Lions are offering you twenty million a year for four years, and then the Chiefs are offering you seventeen million for four 20 years. Twenty million for a safety. You know, that's a $12 million difference at the end of your contract. Oh. I'm just saying in general, that's a $12 million difference at the end of your contract. Like, yeah, that sounds like a lot. Guaranteed? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, $3 million a year wouldn't be enough for me to leave, you know, a team that I know I can – I have a shot at winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. With. Now, if you're telling me, you know, the Lions are offering me $27 million a year for four years and the Chiefs are offering me $15 million a year for four years – that's where it starts getting a little different. Like ten ten million dollars a year is a lot of money. That's a whole contract per year. Oh, that's, that's that's what I'm talking about. I, I think that's tough because you don't go from. Let's let's keep with the the Chiefs and Lions uh, scenario. You are gonna go from a, a a winning organization to a perennial to a contender team that's never. Hell, they might not never go to the playoffs in the next ten years, and his he already. But you know, what late twenties? Like you gonna finish off? Your... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So he has one, but one you big contract left. Career off like that. 
we we've seen people do it i would say you know there's i feel like at that point the goal would try to help turn around man one player's not gonna turn around that team especially if you love the game that much yeah because there's a lot of sucky teams who will pay big money for proven winners because they can come in and try to change the I mean, the it's atmosphere the same thing of the, the team. Jets are going to do. It's the same thing the Jaguars are going to do. Yeah, the Colts. You know, like, the, Col- the Colts are going to try to bring somebody in. The Colts aren't bad, though. Granted, the Colts don't suck, but they. Say that's the Colts what I'm saying. Right yeah. There. yeah, that's. No, I understand that. But, like, you don't think they're going to spend money with how much money they have? They're not going to spend the money to try to get a proven winner in there? That's true. But we talking about the, the, the bottom of the barrel teams. Like the bottom yeah, like barrel, the Lions. yeah. <laughs> the one player is not going to change that organization. That's not even a destination spot, right? No but one wants to go to Detroit. Like, coaching is a big thing too, though. You know, like you said, Andy Reid is a always been known as a player coach. Well, you know, the Jets just got Robert Sala. The I can't remember the name of the guy the Lions Some hired. Ass. But look, was nah. it Dan Campbell? It was someone S. I don't know who it was. Yeah. For the Lions? Yeah. Their head coach? It's yeah. A, it, I think it's Dan Campbell. Look, I don't know what his name is, but he had me ready to play for the Lions <laughs> with his speech. You know, like like you said, you know, guys go even like the Patriots, for instance. You know, Brian Flores left. A lot of the defensive starters the Patriots had that hit free agency went to Miami with Brian Flores. You know, players want to go where they're comfortable, which is why I'm thinking, you know, now I'm not saying it would happen, but if if uh, the Chiefs offensive coordinator was to go take a head coaching mm-hmm. job somewhere, you know, granted, we're sure Andy Reid, it's Andy Reid's team for sure, you know, I'm, EB had something to do with the play calling for sure, but why would you not want to go somewhere where you know you're going to get used? That's true, but what if your quarterback's trash? Like, you, you got... I mean... I, I agree with that. Best quarterback in the game. Like, why would you leave that? Like, and and Andy Reid is like, a, a offensive-minded coach. It's not like he's a Todd Bowles yeah. and straight defense mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like Eric Bieniemy is a, a great offensive yeah. caller. Don't get it wrong, but Andy Reid is always known for his offensive play calling. Not so much his defense, but yeah, he's an offensive coach. So, well, you know what? That's why you yeah, have defense yeah. coordinators for. So. I, I don't know. I I can see the Chiefs staying intact for at least another three years. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I don't, uh, you know, they have their core pieces locked up, like you said. It's going to be a thing of eventually running out of money for those those role player guys, you know. So... We'll see what happens. You're calling. You're calling three yeah, more years. You said, because Travis Kelsey, what, like thirty, right. thirty-one, thirty-two. He, yeah, yeah. Travis Kelsey's yeah, already a little, a little older. So, you know, he's a he's also a big guy too. So you know, they, they had no choice but to yeah. hit him low as well. Um, I, I don't see any of those dudes leaving. Well, no, I mean like anytime soon. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, he. He's going to ride his career out with the Chiefs. He's got no point in leaving. Like, he's already, you know, either late 20s or 30 years old. Right. You know, he got it. He got his last big contract yeah. from the Chiefs. You know, Mahomes is essentially locked up for his career with 10 years. Granted, we don't, you know, quarterbacks are playing until they're 40 now, so. 
Um, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, I think eventually, I think money's going to be an issue with it. But they sure the offense sure looked good the other night. <laughs> that's for sure. Great, they look great. Mm. I Shut think we are in for a treat for the Super Bowl though with. Uh, Brady versus Mahomes, it's like the old generation versus the new generation Yeah. of literally, you know, potentially the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think by the end of Mahomes' career, it's going to be Brady-Mahomes. It does have potential to be Mahomes-Brady, but that's a very long ways away. Um, but this is probably one of the better Super Bowls as far as matchups that we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. In a while. You mean like last year's? I, I mainly only say that because there's so much history behind it. What, you, you didn't like you last you? year's Super Bowl? Oh, I enjoyed it. I mean, last year's was good. But as far as matching up the teams and what this means for both sides, especially the quarterbacks, I mean, it's something that we're not – we could potentially never see this matchup again. You'll never see this matchup again. <laughs> At least not in the Super Bowl, I don't think. I'm I'm telling you, right? If the Bucks win, I'm not saying they are, but if they win, literally Brady already has nothing to prove as it is now. I th- I don't see why he wouldn't call it. Go out on top. You're delaying the inevitable because eventually, eventually the cliff is gonna come. Now, Grant, the cliffs come seven years later than what Max <laughs> Kellerman originally said. Yeah. But why would you? You know, if you can go out on top, or even if you have. You know, you lose by one possession and you have a great game yourself. Why not go out? Go out without dropping off a cliff like everybody else did. You're 43. You're 44, whatever you are now. Yeah. You know, nobody's done this before in any sport. At least played at this high of a level this late into this right. into their career. Go out. Go out on top. Go out no cliff, you know. There's literally nothing to prove. Just come back to New England for a day and retire, Pat. <laughs> nah, he ain't going back. He he retired right in Florida. Excuse me. No, <laughs> he's bro. No, nah, I think he would. I think he would retire a Patriot. Bro, Robert Kraft would do everything in his power to have him retire a Patriot. If he doesn't retire a Patriot, bro, that man will get booed every time he goes to New England for the rest you of his think life. That'll bother him. <laughs> now, now, who do you think is gonna actually him. win this game? Ooh. Um, Q, who do you think? Who? This, this is a tough one because you got Kansas City, high-flying offense. I love it. I love watching them play. But the way the Bucks defense has been playing these past two games, especially uh, Devin White coming back, they've been looking good. Now, they gave up 20 to the Saints. They gave up how much to the Packers? Twenty something, right? Uh, yeah. Twenty. Twenty-five. Five. Twenty-five, I think. Mm. I, I, I don't I, see I them holding holding the Chiefs under thirty. So I'm I'm about to go Chiefs. They can just they can outscore Look. everyone. You know, the last three episodes, I've picked Tommy Boy. And I'm picking Tommy Boy again. I can't pick against him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm I, right. I, I'm, go ahead. 
I'm writing books also because I I learned my lesson. Don't pick against Brady. You you already know what's gonna happen. The gate the the eyes opening up. The Bucks are gonna be underdogs. They are underdogs. It yeah. it already opened up. That's uh, what I'm Casey's saying. favorite minus three and a half. Come on, that's that's all that's all Brady needed. Tyreek yeah, Hill going. I for agree. Two hundred thirteen yards in the first half again. Tyreek you said Hill what? Going for two thirteen in the first half again. <laughs> Trash. Carlton Trash Davis clamping him up. Oh, whoa, whoa! I'm cleaning. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look at that point. Two thirteen in the first half. Against the Bucks, <laughs> look, Devin White might be the fastest player on that defense. They might as well put oh, Devin White out there nice. on him. <laughs> I would have smacked. I would have smacked the uh, defensive coordinator right in the face, bro. So, I mean, but Todd Bowles has called a way better game since then. So that's a but plus. He hasn't faced a Tyreek Hill again. I like, agree. The dude, bro, he's he's different. I, like you, a track star. Playing football never looked like that, bro. It's always been dudes fast. It's dudes run four twos. All yeah, they've never been yeah. able to put it together. And he's not a like a a lean track person. The man is stocky. Like he looked like a yeah. a swole baby kangaroo. Like you not <laughs> you. It's hard to tackle him already because he's five nine. Yeah, your corners. Yeah, about five eleven, six one ish. So it's hard to tackle him. He fast as a mug. Like he, I was just watching his breaks and how he was getting inside of the corners and stacking them. So, he, bruh, and you expect Carlton Davis to stop that? He was doing that against Trey White. Trey White, one of the yeah. best corners in the league, stacking him with ease inside move. Boom. Like the dude is. I don't know how you stop him. Without putting your defense at risk, you got to bracket them. Yeah, you, you have to bracket right them because they got Harmon, track star also. <laughs> like they they got a team full of track stars and a a big wide receiver at tight end. I don't know. Yeah, man. you know I think we'll see what happens. You know, both teams get an extra week to prepare, yeah. so. You know, obviously the Chiefs are gonna the Chiefs are gonna come out with a new game plan than the first game, I'm sure, and the Bucks are gonna do some things defensively that are different, I'm now, sure. If the Bucks can get pressure like they did against um Green Bay. Green Bay. They definitely they I think they'll win. For sure. If you can just rush four and get that type of pressure against Patrick Mahomes, you're good. But if they blitz, that's that's when they mess up. You don't blitz to get Patrick Mahomes. Everyone knows that. Yeah. I think the stat was he yeah, has a 97 yeah. QBR against the Blitz. It's yeah, it's something that is, nuts. That's crazy, bro. Like you, you don't send five, six, seven defenders at him. You just hope your front four can get there, put everybody else in coverage. That's all you can do. I mean, the crazy thing, the Bills were getting back there to Mahomes, and Mahomes was just yeah zipping through him like he would just juke. Juke through. Even when they actually had him sacked, he would just find one part of his arm that wasn't <laughs> covered, and he would just know to throw it. And he would he would find a receiver. I think I saw that happen like maybe two or three times. Yeah, where he was surefire about to get sacked and just last second sees a receiver and just he a big dude too. Now he he's not a 
one of these small quarterbacks, fragile quarterbacks, I should say. Like, he, he's stocky, too, so it's hard to bring him down, especially because, you know, defensive players, once the quarterback in the pocket, you can you can only hit him so hard. Like, you can only do so much. Like, you, you have to pretty yeah. much put a pillow under his head when you take him to the ground at this point. Like, right. You got to rock, yeah, rock him to like, sleep. It's <laughs> but, so, um, if you, so, good. One thing I just wanted to touch on that's kind of relevant to the Bucks. So, um, uh, there was a video when Carl Davis got beat on a slant oh, route yeah. to Devontae Adams. And uh, Michael Thomas quote tweeted it and said, big slant with a bunch of laughing face emojis. And after the game, uh, Carlton Davis, he replied to Mike Thomas. And he said, I bodied you three games in a row, little dude, and cover one goofball. And I'm a dog yo little ass again next year, so you better work on them routes. Facts. I feel like Michael Thomas is just taking yeah. L's after L's this season. Yeah. He doesn't get shut up because his his talking. I think yeah, he is not backing up his talking at all. He he got to get back yeah, in the lab. Hundred percent. Yeah, but I just wanted to um, not my top that. five. Um, we're gonna go ahead and <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and get into round of applause. Um, I'll go first. I'm giving my round of applause to the Buccaneers defense. Uh, basically, just. Saving the Bucks offense's ass because, and I say Bucks offense because I'm not bl- blaming all those picks on Tom Brady. Um, I'll blame a couple of them, but not at least one of them because both of them should have been caught by Michael Evans. Um, but the fact that they were able to stop Green Bay and only holding the six points off of those three turnovers and keep them in the game and win the game for them. Um, that's something that is just – it's that playoff mentality, yeah. and they had it. You know, they were able to keep them in that game, and essentially they won it for them. I mean, Devin White had 15 tackles alone. Um, they got to Rodgers. They did – everything that we talked about prior when we were going over the game, They they did it. So, my round of applause is going to the Buccaneers' defense, helping them get to the All Super right. Bowl. My okay, round of applause okay. is going. Yeah. Q, you want to go next? My round of applause is going to uh, Travis Kelsey. Oh, this whole year, the man's been balling. And the postseason, same story. Um, against the Bills, 13 receptions, 118 yards. Um, he passed Rob Gronkowski for most uh, receiving yards by a tight end in the sequence season, including playoffs. So, Travis Kelsey is definitely uh, – a, a big, big part of why Kansas City is still succeeding. Um, they have a phenomenal talent at quarterback, but, hey, you got to have those pieces to catch the ball for you, and Travis Kelsey definitely doing his damn thing. All right. So my round of applause this week, you know, I bounced around a couple times. Obviously, Kelsey was a choice, but, you know, I switched around. I'm actually going to go with – Cole Beasley, even though they lost, because I don't know. If, so I don't know if you guys got the update earlier that um, Cole Beasley actually played the end of the season, including the end last night, included on a, a broken fibula. I did see this. So 
Um, yep. I, you know, he didn't have the greatest game of all time last night, but he was out there, you know, the team to help the team the best way he could. And, you know, playing, playing on a broken leg is, you know, no slouch job. So just the, the toughness that he showed to be able to go out there and play, you know, I'm going to give him the round of applause for that, even though they lost. I think that's idiotic. <clears throat> so Cole, Cole Beasley. That's, I think that's huh? idiotic. Why would you, why would you <laughs> play mean, with a broken fibula? Look, didn't you just say a couple weeks ago how, you know, applauding Jalen Waddle for doing it on a fractured ankle? Oh, for sure, but Cole Beasley though, like, yeah, but Cole Beasley, he's getting he's he's getting you're paid. Not all that Cole Beasley, sit down. That's the difference. Same with Aaron Donald. I told Aaron Donald, I, I thought Aaron Donald shouldn't have played. Regardless, you can't do nothing when you have ribs that are broken. You can't even you can't even yeah, brush your right. teeth. Like, I don't know. I think NFL injuries are just different. Look, so quick question. Now that we can officially talk about it, since it's since we're allowed to do it now. <laughs> Are you throwing? So where you guys are throwing your money on? Well, AJ on Tampa and Daquan would throw your money on the Chiefs. I don't gamble. Stop! Stop Look, trying to involve me. That's in this, not man. the point. I don't gamble. The point is the <laughs> fact that we that we're officially allowed to do it. All right. Our yeah, some, sports sports betting went live in Virginia. God, what was it? Friday. Are some of the people in this Thursday. in this podcast right now down? Thursday. We sure are. It went live Thursday because um, I remember I, I, I woke up and FanDuel had posted something on their Twitter. That it was like a surprise thing because they were all pushing and promoting Michigan who went live Friday. But Virginia surprisingly jumped them and opened their sports books on Thursday. Oh man, um, I have just been obsessed with gambling. Oh my lord! On FanDuel Sportsbook, <laughs> on DraftKings Sportsbook, like, I mean, and they made it so easy because they did these super boosts, and it was like the stupidest things where it was like bet a maximum of fifty dollars at plus a hundred odds that the Seventy Sixers or the Celtics were gonna make a three pointer in the first quarter. I was like, hell, that's a no brainer. That's a free extra 50 bucks. Before I knew it, after a few of these super boosts, I had over $200 in my account. <laughs> I mean, I've just been shelling out bets all weekend and I'm just going to carry out through the weekend shit. Hopefully I keep winning. But now we don't have to talk about betting bullshit, <laughs> water bottles and candy and that. dumb shit. Um <laughs> I mean, you can we'll say doing doing that. That's fine, but we'll stick to your M and M's. Thomas and I are a little bit different. Like, I mean, I've been running parlays all freaking uh, weekend, and today I think I lost every single parlay. But that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, it's legal for me to lose those parlays. So yeah, we don't have to uh, hide in the shadows anymore. Right. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm pretty pretty excited for sports betting to be legal in Virginia. That's just the first thing that's happening. Uh, next is oh, going to be the casinos. And then the next thing is going to be the actual, like, casino resort hotels. And when I say casinos, I mean, like, the apps that are literally, like, virtual casinos. Like, 
I think FanDuel and DraftKings have them yeah, too, but yeah. they're not open to us yet. But coming in like 2023 or 2024, we're going to have massive casinos and everything. So just those things to look forward to. But extremely glad sports betting is finally legal in Virginia. I don't have to rely on a book anymore. Sorry, Parker. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's turn it back to sports. I want to ask a question. Um, We're going to go to the NBA route now. Um, Do we believe in the Nets hype right now? I know we touched touched on it last week. No, I don't. They're they're, um, – it's too early for me also because – We've seen the really good nets, and then we've also seen them just not work out. Like, they have not been above average like the Warriors. They're still losing games even with those three on their team. Like, I think they're losing to the Heat right now, and the Heat are down some of their best players. Yeah. I mean, I well, this is – say, you know, They have the issue since, we since said. Since Tyreek returned, the Nets are one and two. And they, they beat the Heat by four with no Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, well, they're down four right now, but I, they were favored by eight in this game. You know, it, it should have felt like a no-brainer that the Nets are going to win this game. That they're playing right now versus the Heat, but I just can't buy into the hype right now. Especially with those back-to-back losses to the Cavs. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> One one yeah. L to the Cavs is like, uh, okay, you know, we probably overestimated them. But they literally played them, like, the next night. They just don't play – they don't play enough defense. It's because literally right now, the issue we said they were going to have. It is. And it's proven because if you look at the Cavs right now, they're playing the Lakers, number one defense in the NBA, and they're down by 12. Bro, the Cavs lost by almost 40 last night yeah, to the Celtics, and the Celtics don't even have Tatum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the main thing. You have all these dudes, but they don't play defense. So, how are they going to continue to win games? If if anything, I'd say bet the freaking over. Now, now granted, all their games. I do remember when the Heat in 2012, nah. was it? Was that the first year they got 10, together? Yeah, okay. I do remember the first year where Wade, Bosch, and LeBron were together, and they went on that really, really rough stretch of games of yeah, losing. They started like six and, and seven a bunch of something. people were questioning it. Yeah, and then they rattled off like the second most wins in a row in history. <laughs> well, third with the Warriors. I'm not yeah. saying I don't believe in the Nets completely right now. Or, I'm sorry, completely overall. I'm saying I don't believe in them right now. It's too yeah, it's too early to tell right now. It's too early. They're not looking good, but I think after the All Star is there is there an All Star break? Yeah, they were actually I actually got an update today saying that the NBA might actually run the okay, All Star okay. game. So regardless if there is a break, I think the second half of the season, that's when they're probably gonna come out and show that they're a more complete unit. Yeah, and it's gonna also be on Steve Nash to get them together to help that to get that chemistry to flow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to that Miami Heat point, all three of those dudes play defense. That's that's the big difference, and they had a bench. So, yeah, which the Nets severely lack right it. now. Like yeah. I said, if those three playing together, I I don't have them come out the East. 
If it was just Harden and Durant, yeah. For one, I'll yeah. I agree. For one, like I said, they already had chemistry playing together and stuff like that. And you can see against the Magic how well they was meshing, just the pick and roll game, pick and pop. But uh, Kyrie, he's <laughs> he's in a way. <laughs> I think. I think he's hindering the Nets more than he's helping the Nets. Uh, it seemed like he hindering a lot of teams and, he go to. And I, yeah, well, the main reason I say that is because, and God, I know, every time we talk about Nets, it seems like I shit on Kyrie. <laughs> but he he needs the ball in his hand to be effective. James Harden also needs the ball in his hand to be effective. But the difference is James Harden has been, average, since he's been with the Nets, is averaging like yeah. 12 assists a game. As opposed to Kyrie not averaging 12 assists a game. <laughs> so, yeah. you're essentially... James Harden is essentially your point guard at this point, And Kyrie is an undersized two guard. I feel like... What I'm, what I'm seeing from articles and stuff like that, it seemed like Brooklyn only signed Kyrie to get Kevin Durant. Because they knew that was a, a package deal that was coming. So, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if they really even want it. Kyrie to begin with, but hey man, if you can get a seven foot monster, I I deal with it. Yeah, I mean, like we said, way too early to tell. I'm not gonna write them off just yet, but you know they they got another two to three weeks in me before you know I make I make my final judgment they, on them. Then they will come out the east, right? No, I don't think so, honestly. Philly, Philly's been looking good. You know, Philly got what they were missing. They they needed some shooters, which they got. Ben Simmons still pisses me <laughs> off that the only thing in his game he can't do is shoot, and he hasn't. And I mean, at least he's shooting three-pointers <laughs> now, so, you know, I'll take it. It's something, but but at least <laughs> he's taking them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the 76ers are, are – looking good you know the celtics when they're all on the court together yeah. they look good um the bucks obviously you know are going to be the bucks um, i just i don't know if the heat or if the nets can match up against you know the better teams in the east just because the fact that they the lack yeah. of defense that they have the east, outside the of durant that sure. grit they ain't got those big names like the yeah. ones in the West, teams in the West, all that stuff. Teams in the East, they they get dirty. They got that grit. And I, I like teams in the East. Like, I like the Celtics watching them play this hellacious defense. Same with the Bucks, Heat. Um, I even watched the Pacers game. <laughs> they, yeah, A they, Pacers they game? getting after it too, man. It's just, that's, that's the basketball I like, you know. Look. I'm going to be really honest with you. Um, a team who – it's still early in the season, obviously, and they lost last night. But a team who's kind of been a pleasant surprise to me has been the Knicks. The, the Knicks are, are looking – they're looking good. The Knicks, yeah. And, you know, I'm a, I'm obviously an R.J. Barrett fan. But even last night they lost by three to Portland. But Julius Randle had 25-7-5. You know, they they got they, they got uh, 
Emmanuel quickly. First off, Emmanuel spelled with an <laughs> I. Had 31 points in 24 Dang. minutes. You know, they still got R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Alfred Payton, you know. Austin Rivers is there. Um, and plus, pick up my, yeah, Obi Topping's there, too. That boy can dunk now. You, you know, it's very... um as bad as they've been like it looks encouraging as it to be a Knicks fan so they finally got something to root for again since Melo well poor Zingas yeah. Zingas is straight <laughs> poor I miss Melo oh what did Melo have last night as a matter of fact I'm talking about missing Melo like he didn't play on the team they played against <laughs> He had 12. He had 12 last night. Dame had 39, 8, and 5. 12 ain't, 12 ain't bad for Melo off the bench. In 26 minutes? I mean, that's not my Melo, but, you know, oh God. my, my, my Melo my Mello would have gave me would have gave me 63. Five, he made 5 of 24 oh, shots. Look, oh, I lied. That is my Melo. That is my Melo. <laughs> boy, boy is better than a house. The, Shit. Look, actually, I seen um, Jalen Brown last night actually had uh like 33 points uh-huh. or something like that and played like 20 minutes or yeah, something like that i think that. someone retweeted that and i seen that yeah i think someone huh? uh, retweeted that and i seen that he had like 33 yeah. 19 minutes i was like god dang yeah he what he ended up playing fully 19 yeah. minutes he played he had yeah. 33 points i was like oh wow <laughs> Bro, look. They mm. busted the cast, bro. <laughs> and Car- Carson Edwards is officially the Cleveland killer because he doesn't play good against anybody else when he gets in the game, but every time he plays Cleveland, he, he drops buckets for some reason. He had Carson 18 Edwards last night. Carson Edwards is a short night. dude from... Um... Okay, okay. Purdue, yeah. Purdue, okay. yeah. He he just... He goes up there against against the Cavs and does Ooh, his thing for some reason. That's something I want to touch on next episode is... um. Do you like this type of positionless basketball? We'll we'll say that for next episode. Do I like the commissioner we'll say that for next next episode? But no, positionless yeah, okay. basketball. Like you see how it is now in the high schools, and you got seven foot bigs playing point guard pretty much and stuff like that. So that's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll say that for the next about. one because that's a yeah. a long one. For sure, for sure. <clears throat> um. McGregor versus Poirier. Oh man, Ooh. did you guys um, did now, you guys watch hell it? Hell no! You know I was asleep. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not watch it. I didn't watch it. Look, uh, because a Dana wouldn't let me uh, stream it. <laughs> Uncle, da- Uncle Dana's not B, letting it. I wasn't gonna buy it, so you I was should, like, dude, I'm sure whatever whatever's gonna happen is gonna show up on social media like literally a minute or two later. I'll just watch it then. You could have ended up to going house. to sleep. Ended up going Same. to sleep extremely early, um, and I just woke up at like six or seven in the morning, and I, I I had seen what happened. I saw a lot of people made some money. A shut, lot of people shut made up. some money on that game. Shout out to our friend group <laughs> or on that match. Um. All right. Look before I before we even get into the main event. Honestly, first off, hats off to Michael Chandler for making his UFC debut against a number six ranked guy in the weight class and i don't know if it's that dan hooker didn't want to be there or didn't respect him for coming in but that iron michael chandler nickname that he has he he lived up to it because 
he he caught him with a mean body shot into a into a left hook and mm. dropped him in the first round um called proceeded to call out everybody in the in the division so that was great too but the main event Am I happy Poirier won? I am. I like Poirier. He's a fan favorite. But I got into like a 30-minute argument with somebody yesterday because they were trying to tell me that McGregor's done. He can't fight anymore. First off, bro, the dude's 32. He's fought 40 seconds. Before that, that, the other night he fought 40 seconds in the UFC in the last three years. You can't take that much time off come back and fight the top guy in the division outside of Khabib yeah. and expect to expect to win. Yeah. Did he say something about that? Like he was rusty or yeah. Yeah. Ring, ring, ring rust, man. I, I literally said too much time off. And even on top of that, his leg got chewed up. But when the judges mm-hmm. scorecards came out, all three judges had him. McGregor won the first round on all three scorecards. Now, obviously got knocked out in the second round. <laughs> That's beside the point. But for people saying, like, oh, his chin can't take the shots, that's the first time in his, in his martial arts career, well, in his MMA career, that he's been knocked out. Mm. He's he, – he can very well still hang with the top guys. He can beat the majority of the top guys if he gets dedicated again, if yeah. he, you know, goes back to what got him there. Um, stays, he wants to stay active. But Poirier fought a perfect fight. He went out there and grappled to start the fight. Worked great. Leg kicks. Chewed the leg kicks up. And, you know, when he, when he, since he had him hurt, when he couldn't walk around on that leg anymore, he went in for the kill and got it. Um, he, he's going to be, as long as Khabib is out, Poirier is going to be the champ of the weight class until, you know, he comes along. I think they should have made that fight for the title personally, but Poirier's gonna, next fight's going to be for the title. Okay. If you're McGregor, it's got to be the Diaz fight. Ooh. You, you know, it, it's a, it'll be the trilogy. It's going to sell just because of the two names involved. Um, it's it's a very winnable fight for him. Is the main thing. He he needs a winnable fight because. If you keep putting him in there against these top guys that he can lose to, that, like, that mystique that he has about, like, his his persona, his character, all that yeah. is going to wear off, and people are going to get bored of it. going to humble the hell out of him. Um, he, he's been humble. I mean, it's, yeah. Um, so, you know, if the next three fights I was talking about with somebody today, and I said, I told him the next three fights in order should be Nate Diaz, and these are all obviously assuming that he can win the fights before them would be Nate Diaz. I said Tony Ferguson slash Gagey, either either or. And then if he can win all those, you put him in there with Dustin again, assuming that Dustin has the title oh. at that point. But so he he. But just just to piggyback huh? off what you said, you know. As a as a professional athlete, you can't take off from your sport for a period of time and just expect to come back and, you know, pick up where you left off. We've seen it with Michael Jordan when he left for baseball. 
we've seen it when LeBron was allegedly training for football in the 2011 NBA Finals. Like, you have to stick with that yeah. sport. If you if you don't have the passion for it anymore, like, Khabib, I, I think you should just retire. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, it's you can't step away from that long and expect to do well. You can practice yeah. all you want, yep. but until you get into the actual game or until you guys who got – get guys who are actually trying to punch you in the face for real it's completely different you know he he he's not done he's 32 he still has a lot of time left if he if he wants to he's got god knows how much money he can never fight again and for the rest of his life and be completely yeah. fine um everybody in fighting is so weird because especially like if you're a boxing fan is so weird because if you get one loss, everybody like wants to write yeah. you off. You know, that's the thing I like about the UFC is there's only one weight class, one belt per division. Obviously, you have different promos. You know, Bellator's got a champ, Ryzen one, all them. But if you're in that weight, if you're in that weight class in the UFC, you're fighting the best guys. It's okay to get a loss on your record. It happens. You know, how many people, there's not a lot of people in the in the UFC who stay undefeated their whole career. Adesanya's undefeated right now in MMA. Um, Khabib has retired undefeated. It's not something that happens Dude, all the time. John Jones is undefeated. I mean, no, he's got a loss. It's by DQ, yeah, but he was winning the fight, but he's got a loss. So, you know, he's not undefeated. Some bullshit. You know, it's, <laughs> I agree. I agree, but you know, there's it, it's some it's fighting. Anything yeah. can happen. You know, Deont- Tyson Deontay Wilder has a loss. <clears throat> Anthony Joshua has a loss, and then you know Anthony Joshua came back and and beat up Andy Ruiz in the rematch. Yeah. I, I blame I blame Floyd you know, Mayweather <laughs> for the boxing. You know, going fifty two and zero, like everyone just suspect expects uh perfection from you in boxing yeah like, that. like all the greats have lost it's muhammad ali george foreman like all those people lose mm-hmm. yeah. mike tyson lost Roy Jones Jr., you know like so many greats sugar you know, so ray lose like you know there's and then floyd comes it the 50 and 0 52 and 0 and now Aaron, people mm-hmm. think hey if you lose like you say if you lose one time you just irrelevant and stuff like that it's not yeah it's yep it's not yeah. the end of the world <laughs> you know look at every every champ in the UFC with the exception of Adesanya has a loss <laughs> you know <laughs> is he <laughs> he fights next month uh march by the way but i just i don't understand why people are so quick to write McGregor off Poirier was better that night. Poirier's also at the right weight class now. You know, he spent all that time at 45, moved up to 55, and then looked like a world beater. Selling hot sauce now. <laughs> Andy's got Andy's got the the good fight foundation. You know, yeah, I don't. I, I think it's just that that cockiness that comes with McGregor, and like same with Floyd. You know, Floyd hella cocky. We seen it with Adrian Bronner when he was whooping ass. Balling, then he starts yeah. taking L's, and he he's not the same person like you were saying. His persona, like it got old because you you getting your ass beat. 
No one want, no one wants to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the last time the last time Connor was actually like cocky would have been and I won't even say it, cocky, he was just being an asshole was to Khabib. And obviously we see how and that Floyd. one ended. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't count that though. Like that was it, everybody yeah. knew Floyd was going to win that. Um but the fight leading up to Cowboy, he was really respectful. The fight leading up with Poirier, yeah, he was, he was really respectful. respectful. Um, which, you know, you have to sell a fight, I get it. And Colby Covington is a perfect example yeah. of it. Everybody hates Colby Covington. But if you talk to a lot of people around him, they say he's the ni- like a really nice he guy. That, he got that WWE um, persona. Yeah, that's what it is. He wants to go to the. He wants to wrestle oh, when he's okay. done. Yeah, so I, I can definitely yeah. see that. And you know, <laughs> he's selling. He's selling fights. Like you wouldn't believe it. Like if you seen him now, you wouldn't believe that man was on like a six fight win streak in the UFC, or a four fight win streak, something like that. And the UFC was gonna cut him mm. while he was undefeated he was... in the UFC because he wasn't okay. selling anything. And that's when he went into Brazil and beat. Uh, Damian Maya, I think. I think it was Damian Maya in Brazil, and that was where he cut like the promo of like Brazil is a dump. You guys are a bunch of filthy animals, this and that. And then he skyrocketed, yeah. and people buy his fights because they want to see him lose. Then that man said he can beat LeBron. So <laughs> yeah, that was the the argument people were making was LeBron and him. That's ridiculous. Right. So sell the fight, yeah. Don't be an asshole. At the same time. <laughs> so, you know, that's really well, thank, all I thank have you on for that. The, thank you for the UFC recap, Thomas. Not much uh, of a recap, more of just hey, take, take, well, I think it was about arguing. Trying to defend defend McGregor after what had happened and everything. And it's, um, it's funny because I'm really not even a McGregor fan. It's what makes it right. hilarious. Right, but... You're a you're a seasoned UFC advocate. I guess would be a good word to say. Look, I try. You're a UFC I'm, UFC fanatic. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy Whereas who likes to watch grown men beat each other. Up. People who, I'm, I mean, a lot of the people that were excited for this fight don't know jack shit about UFC. No, dude, that was another thing. Like on Twitter, like I seen a bunch of people shocked Poirier won. I'm like. The only people who are shocked are people who don't know who he is. Right. Like, right. that man was giving Khabib, like, I was watching the Khabib fight with when he fought Poirier at your house that day while college football was on. You probably heard me scream, like, he was feeding Khabib in, like, the third round, standing up. And I was yelling at my phone <laughs> for Khabib to take him down. He almost choked Khabib out. He had him in a guillotine, and Khabib had to, like, resort to, like, the last effort to get out of it. So he's no joke. Especially with a name like Dustin. But you got to fight. None at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into our uh, last segment here. This is the eighth episode. Uh, we're going to do the best player to wear the number eight. Now, kind of odd how, you know, the stars align for this one um, tomorrow. Well, this episode is being released on Tuesday. We're recording Monday night. But tomorrow is... January 26th, which is the one-year anniversary of Kobe's tragic passing and his daughter's passing. Um, So, obviously, this being the eighth episode, he's the greatest person to ever wear the number eight. 
I think that's a undisputed take. Um, there's really not much to no. say. It's Kobe Bryant, best person I, to wear number I disagree. Um, we, all, we all miss him dearly for sure. Uh, but just to highlight stats like we normally do, Kobe Bryant, 33,643 points. LeBron passed that. 7,047 rebounds, 6,306 assists. Uh, that was a 20-year career from 96 to 2016. 18-time um, NBA All-Star, two-time NBA Finals MVP, uh, one-time NBA MVP, which is kind of hard to believe, and five-time NBA champion, Kobe Bryant. And Hall of Famer. Don't forget, that man's going into yeah. the Hall of Fame. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think this year, right? Wait, Him, Garnett, and all that. It was going to be this year. Tim Duncan year, yeah. too? Yeah. The Tim Duncan clash, yeah. This would have been the year he's 2021. Right? Five years for NBA? He'll go in with Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett in May of next year. That's, yeah, that's some great yeah. company. So. Yeah, for Kobe sure. Bryant. Uh, Q, you oh, had someone else, uh, didn't you? My best athlete to wear number eight. Uh, number one overall pick in the 2004 NHL draft <laughs> from from Mother Russia, Alice Ovechkin. <laughs> Tell us time All-Star. Won the Smythe Award in 2017. That's awarded to the most valuable player during the playoffs. They got different awards in hockey. Three-time Hart winner. That's regular season MVP. Nine-time Trophy Award winner. That's the NHL's top scorer. Uh, won the Stanley Cup in 2018. That was a that was a great year for DC. They was winning everything. Virginia, yeah. I think Virginia won the national championship in basketball that year. Then the Nationals win. The Capitals win. It, great year, minus the Redskins. And he is eighth in goal scored of all time, and he's the only active player that's still playing that's in the top ten. So he'll most likely by the end of his career be top three. And goal score with 707 right now. So I'm going with Alex. So he's up there with Crosby. Oh, I'm, I'm a Penguins fan. So Sidney, Sidney Kidd is by far the greatest hockey player to ever touch the ice <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> but for number eight, I can't in front. Alex Ovechkin is a dog, bro. He, he is nice. For sure. For sure. Uh, Thomas, did you have anyone, or were you sticking with nah, Kobe? No, 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 yeah, I think you said, I'm going to roll with Kobe with you. You said everything that needed to be said about him. Um, yeah. Um, give me one thing about Kobe that resonates with you. Oh, look, it's not even. I have a little Kobe Kobe reflection. It's not even. Not, uh, like, not, not like prove your fandom, just no, like. No, no, not even the play, not even, it's not even the, uh his playing career the thing that sticks out in my mind the most honestly is uh the commercial he did oh Jalen, when he's ordering the uh, yeah where he's ordering the what is yeah. it the martini right he's like yeah can, uh what do you say do you want an olive he's like yeah 81 and looked right right at him so it, yeah <laughs> big blue or the one or the one he did or the commercial he did with kanye that, that time. more <laughs> yeah it's just you know his playing career, his playing what, career what was, was great, but you, the stuff that sticks with me is more so outside of it. A different, it was something like that. That joke was funny. Yeah. <laughs> find find your Mamba mentality. Say, one thing that stuck out with me with Kobe was, yeah. same thing with Thomas, after his career, him just, him just, you know, trying to really uplift women's basketball, 
stuff like that. Because his daughter obviously was a hooper, a hooper hooper. She she was nice, and um, I think that that really made these other uh, NBA players want to pitch in and stuff like that. Like I just seen LeBron and Melo talking about uh, having part ownership of the Atlanta Dream, stuff like that. So that's something big because WNBA definitely needs some exposure because they need more revenue. Because they get paid way more overseas and stuff like that, so that that was something something big yeah. I took from it. Because he's always been, you know, labeled as a selfish player, but you can see how he's he's trying to uplift, you know, different organizations and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. AJ, for sure. Anything that resonates with you about? Um, Every time I try to shoot a piece of trash into a trash can and I want to yell Kobe, but I have to stop right, myself. You shoot so like Stromile Swift, boy. You can't yeah, shoot more. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Play like Darius Miles. <laughs> Look, I actually, uh, on the Kobe talk, I want to give a shout out to my buddy, to my buddy Timmy, because that's even growing up, dude, that's easily the biggest Kobe fan I've ever met in my life growing up. Like, I remember uh, his room. Bro, he had he his parents painted it purple and gold in his room, bro. For the Lakers, he had uh Kobe Kobe jerseys hanging up. I, he had a uh, a little like Kobe card of when Kobe would put his nuts in Dwight's face when he dunked on him. Yeah. That bro, is- all the Kobe shoes growing up. That's that's the biggest the biggest Kobe fan I ever knew. So. Yeah, same same for my shout, shout to same Timmy. Same for my brother. He was a big Kobe fan like no bull. I didn't even know who Michael Jordan was growing up, cause my brother was just, yeah for real. Just Kobe, Kobe. Same with my mom. She she liked Los Angeles Lakers because of Kobe. So he, to me, he's the third best uh, shooting guard to ever play the game. Cause I like Dwayne Wade. I'm, I'm a big Dwayne Wade guy, but everyone know Kobe. Kobe a dog, bro. He's yeah. He was a bucket. He was a problem. The, the the one thing I really do like about Kobe, like, would be the Mamba mentality. You know, that people say like that, you know, when when the game was on the line, he knew he, w- he was the, the baddest dude on the court. He wanted the ball, mm-hmm. you know, he, he demanded, demanded it. Come on. Even when you seen him, when you seen him suck the sweat out of his jersey, <laughs> you knew, you knew what time it was. You knew what was up. That man does not believe in passing the ball. That's the crazy thing. You talking about all these damn assists. I remember, I think it was against Toronto. This man had like four people on him. Shot a fader. I was like, Bro, yo. come on. Yo, him and Kwame Brown <laughs> combined for like 82 points that game, bro. Come on. Oh, man. Don't get me started with Kwame Brown. Who, who could remember? Look, do you remember the, the point guard Kobe had for a while? Yeah, Smush, Smush Parker. Parker. He had fish, too. Don't respect fish. He had yeah, he had fish, yeah, he had fish. Uh God. Bro, imagine if Chris Paul would have been able to Ain't go that there. Some bull. Now all these superstars can play together and stuff. Man, they was about to get Chris Paul a healthy Dwight Howard. Like that would have yeah. been that would've been great to see. But they got they had Pau Gasol. So Um Going back to I know you know, AJ had another another uh, person he kind of wanted to give some thanks to, being a Braves fan from – go ahead. 
Oh man, this one hurt, man. Um, as a most people probably watch listening to this show right now, they know Hank Aaron had passed away um, last week, and you know, obviously, I never got to actually see Hank Aaron yeah. play. Um, but growing up as a Braves fan, you really learned that Hank Aaron is the greatest Brave that has ever and will ever live. Um, He's the first player that passed Babe Ruth in home runs. Um, His home run passing Babe Ruth was probably the most iconic thing that's happened in baseball. Um, It's one of the most believable things that you can watch. And I only say that because whenever you watch the actual – the actual video of when he hit that home run, uh, he had said after he had hit the home run, he just said, I'm glad it's over with. You know, there wasn't any kind of, I passed Babe Ruth and all this stuff. And I mean, it's mainly because he was such a humbling guy. You know, he was not only one of the greatest baseball players to ever live. He, you know, was one of the main people who brought the civil rights to baseball and one of the leaders in the civil rights movements in the United States, you know, when he was trying to, or just when he was playing baseball period, especially when he was creeping up on Babe Ruth's record, you know, the Ku Klux Klan and all the white supremacists back then, they were sending him hordes of mail saying that if he passed, um, Babe Ruth, they were going to oh, come Lord. after his family. They were going to come after him. They were going to kill him, hang him, whatever. And he kept on. He actually said that he kept a few of those letters. And he never opened them. He just knew what they were. And, I mean, with he had in his mind, he was going to pass Babe Ruth regardless. The dude ended his career hitting 322. And, he, I mean, I'm sorry, not 322. That was his best season hitting, um, was 1957 when he won the MVP. But he ended his career as over a 300 hitter. He had 755 home runs was how many that he had finished with. And even if he didn't hit 755 home runs, he still would have had over 3,000 hits. That's remarkable in itself. Um, But not only that, I mean, when you're growing up in Atlanta and and you're a Braves fan, and, you know, you see Hank Aaron everywhere. Turner Field was on uh, Hank Aaron Drive. Where Atlanta Fulton County Stadium was, it was um, built previously right next to where Turner Field is now. And when they had torn down Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, they actually kept the outline of that ball field in the parking lot. And the only part that they kept up of the stadium is they put a little fence and they put a wooden wall, and they put a huge like white baseball, and then it says 715 in the middle of it. And that's the exact spot in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium where Hank Aaron passed Babe Ruth for that 715. And that still stands today, even though the Braves moved across town in Atlanta. Um, so just a remarkable person. He was with with the Braves organization, I don't even think he actually worked with them. He was just around all the time. He always loved the game. Um, he 
would come in and coach all the players and everything, just be a, a mentor for them, just the most humbling guy. I know a bunch of people who actually got to meet him. They got to, you know, get things signed by him, meet and greets, all that. And, you know, he would take pictures with them. He was never, you know, that guy to just be like, you know, I'm, I'm the best there ever was or anything. He was just extremely humble. So um, not only the Braves lost the legend, but the sports world lost the legend. And uh, may he rest in peace. <clears throat> But um, that will do it for today's show. We do hope you enjoyed. Uh, we are streaming on Apple, Spotify. We're also on uh, PodBay. That's a new one that we joined today. Um, so go give us a follow, subscribe, like us, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, share us, get us out there, man. You know, we love doing this. Um, we love coming up here every single week and talking sports. So just share us so everyone else can hear us and um, we appreciate all of the people that listen to this show all right thomas key you got anything else uh, nothing for me until next time i guess until next week huh yeah is um yeah <laughs> until just, next week um, until next week thomas is built like a, a bottle of hennessy <laughs> i'm going to fucking kill you <laughs> All right, love you, mama. Later, guys.